It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Auburn Podcast, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast, brought to you by our friends at Fetch Me. They're run by Auburn folks. You got to love that. And if you're looking for a local company to deliver mouth-watering food in 40 minutes or less, you need to head over to Fetch Me. All of us here at the Locked On Auburn Podcast, big fan of what they do. And a big reason why is they emphasize local. They're not Grubhub. They're not DoorDash or any of the other delivery services in town. Their employees uh, are, are truly local and truly impacted by uh, the decision that you make and, and where you choose to uh, have things delivered to you. So go check out FetchMe at FetchMeDelivery.com and use promo code FetchMe20 for your first delivery free. I'm Zach Blackerby, joined by my good friend Michael Pappas. That was a rough one last night. Yeah, that was a bad time. Um, the The worst part about it is it wasn't even like it was a, an interesting way to a game to watch. Yeah. It was just uh, Auburn couldn't make anything. It was really bad basketball from both teams for 35 minutes, and then Alabama played really well for the last five. Yeah, I mean, at least when you look at Alabama, some individual stat lines from Alabama's guys, they look like they had decent nights. There is only one player on the team for Auburn that if you look at their stat line, it's like, okay, that was serviceable, and it's Jamal Johnson. He mm-hmm. shot five threes, made three of them. You take that every and the single last night. One was a, the last one was a prayer. That one shouldn't really count. But well, I mean, statistically it, it did. Yeah, but, I know. But yeah, sure, sure, sure. And then you know, maybe Austin Wiley, two for six from the field isn't great, but you shot it six times. You scored 10 points, 13 rebounds, found a way to get a double-double in 20 minutes. So it's like, all right, maybe Austin Wiley was okay as far as looking at a big picture, but not a great one. And He, he was not okay. He got torched. I mean, the whole team looked not very good on defense there, I don't know, for the second half of the second half. Uh, it's obvious that Austin Wiley has trouble when he has to step out to the three-point line to to defend, you know, interior guys that can shoot threes. I mean, and, big true centers are going to have trouble doing that. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's a just, mismatch that Alabama got. Yeah. And he's going to need to – he's going to need to uh, – Live with letting some of the little guys score on those plays. Um, obviously, there were a ton of fouls called, and, and we can uh, argue about the merits of a lot of them, but most of the ones on Wiley were legit. Well, let's uh, let's talk about the fouls. You can call the Locked On Auburn podcast voicemail at 205-502-4285, and you can call us during the games. We love that. Or call us on the way home. We had a, we had a listener do that. So this, uh, this is a call from uh, Jeremy. He called us during the game specifically about the fouls. Guys, there were 54 fouls called tonight. It is 11 p.m. I'm still at Coleman. Uh, my first question for the show today is, was this the most fouls called in a Power 5 basketball game this year? Thanks. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know. But there was, the, there was a heck of a ton of fouls called last night. And that's just, like, what are you trying to do there? Like, what what, what are you trying to accomplish in regards to, to calling calling every single type of contact. That's not good for basketball. My thing was that it seemed like the fouls they were calling were just kind of strange. Um, obviously, there were a ton of charges, but like they were calling hand hand fouls on Auburn defensively for a while. Uh, they were calling moving screens on Auburn, and then the Alabama players were like hip-checking our guy, Auburn's guys on screens. 
Um, and it, it, it was just odd. And some of the fouls they called on Alabama and didn't call on Alabama I thought were strange. Uh, the whole thing was just kind of weird uh, as far as the foul calls go. It was super annoying having a foul called literally every time down the floor also. Uh, we don't need the referees to extend a game where no one can make a basket. They're obviously doing that pretty well on their own. Sure. Yeah, I mean, once again, it's just it's not helping people, and I I hate that type of officiating. And I, and I'm not that kind of, I'm not the kind of guy that calls out officiating. But it's just like, all right, at what point you got to eventually ask the question, like, what's your motive here? Because it's like mm-hmm. it's not to enhance the game, it's not to, for it to be fair. It's and not it wasn't for it, like it was a really chippy game, or it was getting out of control, so they wanted to rein it in or, or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, it was just kind of strange. And, and look. That is obviously not why Auburn lost. Like they no. had very well documented troubles elsewhere. I mean, eighty three to sixty four. I mean, Auburn lost, and a lot of people on social media are, are dissing the officiating. Auburn shot less than thirty two percent from the floor. That's why Auburn lost. Yeah, absolutely. And you defensively, know, I think they did fine from a shot percentage standpoint. They just eventually broke down, and Alabama plays with such a quick pace. Yeah, they held another forty three percent. You know, if Auburn shot around then. Around, around that number, there. they'd probably have won. And but. the percentages were about the same for three quarters of the game. Yeah. And it was a very close game for three quarters of the game. And the uh, <clears throat> another major thing was, was that when Auburn got to the line, and they got to the line 20-plus times, I think, they shot 50%. Like, it's not mm. like the referees were being one-sided. They were calling weird fouls on both teams. Auburn just could not make a free throw. Yeah, let's see. Auburn shot 30, uh, 17 of 30 from the line, and Alabama shot 29 of 37. So that's 12 points right there. Yeah. That's a big difference. Once again, the Locked On Auburn voicemail, 205-502-4285. Jeremy called back again on his way home. Guys, this is Jeremy on the drive home. And uh, I have a message for Auburn fans. You know, this Bama team isn't going to accomplish anything this year. They're going to have a hard time making the NIT. And judging by their coliseum, they're never going to have a good program. You know, we have Bruce Pearl. We have the highest rated recruit ever coming in next year. We have the prettiest arena in the SEC. And we're just getting started. We're just getting started, boys. All right. That's my buddy Jeremy. So thank thank you for calling. I would like to make a quick note really quick. Okay. Um, Are you going to nitpick the, uh, the arena comment? No. Okay. The voicemail kind of made it seem like this season is now over and he's on to the next season. Talking about the recruit coming in, talking about how like we're just getting started. I think he was comparing where uh, where Auburn is versus where Alabama is as a program. This season is still very much alive. <laughs> very much. Auburn lost one game. They'll probably lose more games. They're still in great I mean, they've lost one game. They're still going to be a top 10 team. Three other top ten teams lost in the last two days. Yeah, it's part of it. Like it's basketball. It's part of it. Teams get into the tournament with like fourteen or fifteen losses. This season, it's going great, going very, very well. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June thirty, get zero percent APR for eighty-four months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. 
All right, let's take another uh, let's take another voicemail. You cool with that? All right, here we go. Hey guys, so uh, oh. I got a couple takeaways from the game. First, I don't think it's a big deal. Sure. Um, I think everything that could have went wrong did go wrong. Correct. Like Samir committing a bunch of lackadaisical turnovers. Correct. Because he's not really a point guard. Yes. And um, missing a billion free throws. Yes. So I I think we'll be better. I think we'll be better because of this game. I think. Yes, Bruce will use this game to his advantage. So I think we'll be fine. If there's one takeaway I've got that was positive, Jamal Johnson's really good. Correct. Um, there was one play where they ran a little curl for him. Mm-hmm. You kind of see Kyle Korver and J.J. Redick run it in the NBA, and he just shot a three confidently with a guy in his face and just drained it. So Jamal Johnson's really good. And then one last thing, Zach, dude, stop being <laughs> – Stop talking so confidently about some games. <laughs> you swore we were going to win the Florida game and the Minnesota game in this game. Uh, I may have agreed with you 100%, <laughs> but I don't have a podcast to do that on. So that's all I wanted to say. Uh, thank you. War Eagle. You know, I've gotten called out several times on, on Twitter. It's like, quit being, you know, quit being that guy. So, yeah, maybe I should stop. Maybe I should just not pick a game on the podcast ever again. No, I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I honestly think this might be one of those games where they get into the locker room and Bruce is like, uh, "All right, we were bad, real bad." Well, we saw a Let's little video the of it. They they put it on the uh, the official Auburn Tigers uh, Instagram and Twitter feeds and all of that. And I mean, it was, it was very quiet. It just kind of showed him up there, and he's like, "All right, we've been better. Let's break it down." It's like, what what are you gonna say? No, like. When they get on the bus, and I feel like Bruce would just be like, okay, when we leave Tuscaloosa, this game never happened. Like, we're throwing out the film. We're never going to watch it. Like, there's nothing to gain from watching this film. They were, there's, did, yes, the one positive thing was, like, that Jamal Johnson play. I think Jamal Johnson is a very good spot-up shooter. Don't know if he's Kyle Korver or J.J. Redick, but <laughs> um, he, he, he certainly was the best offensive player last night, but... You, you, that was do just, you know who Jamal John? You know who he is to me, uh, as far as Auburn players. To me, he's one on the basketball team. Yes, one of uh, one of several. He um, to me, he's Tay Waller, and I know a lot of uh, newer Auburn basketball fans aren't going to know who that is. But I mean, Tay Waller was the best player on the team, you know, during the the Jeff Lebo era, and he was he was the leading scorer. He was the main guy, and now. I think they're the same type of player. He's playing professionally in Europe. I think he's been over there for a while playing in Turkey. But the program has grown so much that what would have been your best player several years ago is now the seventh guy in the rotation. Mm-hmm. And to me, that that is awesome. Because I, I think Jamal Johnson is good. I, I don't think he's good in the sense of he needs to be your starting two. But I think he is... Um, I think he's... For him to be your seventh guy in the rotation, that just shows how talented this team is. If he comes in and knocks down two threes a game, I mean, that's exactly what you want from him, and that would help the team immensely. If he knocks down three threes a game, boy. Yeah. Boy. But, I mean, the big question is how many shots you want him taking a game. I think that's five true. is perfect. Yeah. I think five shots is the perfect workload for him. Yeah, I agree. That's great. And, and like the caller said, they drew him one up out of a timeout right in front of Bruce. He... He did exactly what he said. Stepped up, knocked it down, catch and shoot. It was great. Um, I, I I actually thought Purifoy had a pretty good game. 
but overall in this one, it was just this is just one to throw out. Um, what did, what did you like about Purifoy's game? Uh, I think that I mean, stat wise, I think we both agree it's not. So, what did you see from him to say, okay, I, I think well, he played well? He made a couple big three pointers. Obviously, he missed some. Also, I mean, no one's stat two for line. five from three. That's yeah. that's not terrible. Um, I, I thought that he was big on the glass. Uh, I believe Auburn out rebounded Alabama, and and uh, a decent part of that was Purifoy. Purifoy had three. Let's see what the teams were. It was. Yeah, it was forty three to forty one. So yeah, okay, the gap was bigger earlier in the game. Um, they, I guess he didn't have a ton of rebounds, but th- I thought that he did well playing within the flow of the game, not trying to do too much. Or mm-hmm. he, I guess I should say he played the least bad out of everyone, because you could easily watch that game and look at McCormick and Dowdy and be like, they played horribly. Like they just did sure. not play well. Yeah, I mean, when you look at it, I mean, Purifoy was two for six, you know, and Isaac was five of eleven, but Wiley was two for six as well. Daddy was two for eleven. McCormick was two for eight. So, I think that's a good way to least, put it. Yeah, he was and, least bad outside of Isaac. And so, uh, Isaac played really, really well defensively. Herb yeah, Jones, I, Isaac's not the problem. Yeah. Isaac was like, I, I have a hard time buying the fact that there will be a game where Isaac Okoro is the reason Auburn loses. Yeah, that's true. Um, Herb Jones was just daring him to shoot, and he made Okoro made one. Yeah, one I think, of four. I think that's it. But yeah. It, it, you know, we say it every game. If he can knock down that jump shot consistently, he'll be great. It's lethal. Mm-hmm. The it's second lethal. half, I mean, you could just see it go like uh, under 16 timeout, it was 39 42. Under 12, 44 49. Under 8, 48 55. And then it was just all downhill from there. So Auburn, it, uh, they are now 3 and 1 in SEC play. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that puts them tied with a with a group of teams for second. LSU is the only team that is undefeated in conference play. They're four and zero. Auburn is three and one. Arkansas is three and one. Kentucky is three and one. And Florida is three and one. This this game Saturday is a big deal. This game Saturday on the road in Gainesville. If Auburn can get a win, they're they're back in it for one. And I I think it means more for them to lose on Saturday than it does to win, because. I think it kind of puts Florida in a much tougher situation being being uh, being back two games this early into the into the conference. I think that's that's just something you kind of got to mentally deal with. So Auburn could be in the same situation if they drop a game on Saturday. I think it means uh, a heck of a lot more if they lose it and they're suddenly back two games against LSU versus uh, just kind of being you know one of the top four teams in the conference. Yeah, it's definitely a big game. Um, Auburn's definitely not out of it. They're not even really behind the eight ball that much. Yeah. We're only three or four games into conference play. This is going to be, this is going to be a, a conference season that's going to come down to the wire. And with the home court advantage that Auburn has in Auburn Arena, they should be right there in it. I think you can, if you're Auburn, I think you can drop two more and be guaranteed it. I think there's a rather good chance they drop two more. Yeah, I do do too. I think it's going to be very hard to win at LSU. I think it's going to be very hard to win at Kentucky, at Arkansas. Um, I don't know what the schedule is, so I don't know if we even play all these teams. But still, uh, we just saw Kentucky have a lot of trouble at South Carolina. Mm -hmm. At Florida, obviously, is not a gimme. I mean, it's going to be a race to the top, and and Auburn's in the thick of it still. Definitely. This look losing sucks. There's no way 
about that. And, and, looking, and I, I don't think it's the, the loss because I think every Auburn fan knew they would eventually lose and they're you know adjusting from football to basketball and so understanding it's not really that big of a deal. But it's it's the loss to Alabama. That's mm-hmm. that's what's driving people crazy. I think if they would have won last night and lost in Gainesville, I think it's, oh man, what a run that was. All right, who's next? But when you lose to Alabama, and as it should, when you lose to your rival, it should bother you. It should make you mad. And th- and that's the case. That's what's happening. And, and I'm, th- I'm okay with it. And I think it is worth noting as a bit of a bright side that Auburn played probably the worst game that we were going to see them play all year. Yes. And at the under eight timeout, they were down seven. And I was sitting there watching, having all faith in the world that they would, you know, make a run there. To, to tie it up. No, it was within three in the second half, and Auburn was shooting th- like 30% or less from the floor. Yeah. So, like, that's a really, really good sign. That was, th- if Auburn plays a worse basketball game than that, I will put a sock in a blender and drink it like a smoothie. You promise? Uh, yeah. Yes. Who gets to determine that? Who gets to determine how bad the game was? Uh, the next time there's a question, we'll put up a poll on Twitter and people can vote. That's awesome. Okay. I'm fired up now. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. What are your thoughts on Oates and um, him talking with Macklemore after the game? You buy? You think it's that big of a deal? No. Just, just I didn't see. They're just having a conversation. He like pulls them aside. Oh, he was probably like, hey, man, um, I didn't, you know, I didn't mean anything by those comments. <laughs> like, I got asked I, a question. Like, Well, Anthony gets upset about it. So I, I don't think it was I don't think it was that diplomatic because Anthony, Anthony seems like a pretty level-headed guy. So that's kind of what's drawing the, uh, hmm. the talk about it. If it was that, I think that's great. Good for, good for uh, Nate Oates. But it looks like he smack-talked him a little bit, and I think that's a little like, hmm. Probably shouldn't be doing that to another team's players, but yeah, I was about to say I find it hard to believe that a coach in the SEC, no matter how young or fired up after a big win, would pull another team's player aside just to be like, "How oh, you like that?" I hope that didn't happen. A lot of people think it did. We'll see. I don't think we'll ever know, but kind of interesting. Kind of interesting to see. So, there's not a whole lot of other sports-related things going on right now as we uh, kind of enter the last few minutes of today's show. But Auburn baseball, they announced that they have uh, sold out of reserve season tickets for the first time in program history. Oh, man, I was going to go get one today. Well, fans who missed a chance to purchase season tickets still have opportunities to go see the Tigers inside Plainsman Park via mini plan and single game ticket options. I thought you said mini plane, and I was very excited for right. a second. <laughs> yeah, context definitely different in that, isn't it? But, um, yeah, so that's starting on Valentine's Day. Opening day for the Tigers is set for February 14th against Illinois, Chicago. So I'm pumped. I can't wait for February uh, for 14th? Baseball. Yes. Valentine's Day. Date so, night. It's also my wife's birthday. 
Your wife's birthday is on Valentine's Day? How about that? Wow, your wife and I almost have the same birthday. Really? You should throw us both a party. Okay. To get Just one party. All right. Try to make it equidistant between our two birthdays. You got to tell me when that is. Not going to happen. And it's got to be on a weekend. Good luck. Okay. I'll tell you if it's on a week. I'll tell you if equidistant is a weekend. All right. But I won't tell you when my birthday is. Uh, it's not. Equidistant is not a weekend. That's a bummer. Where can people find you and hear you? Follow me on Twitter at Couch Potato. Um, follow me in the Action Network app for my picks every day. It's uh, Underdog Thursday. So, yeah, Action Network app, Couch Potato. Listen to me on the drive tonight and tomorrow night on ESPN 106.7 and on the lunch break for the last segment of each hour, both hours on ESPN 106.7. Free Money Friday every day when you're Michael Pappas. Every day, baby. I'm on Twitter at Z Black. The show's on Twitter at Locked On Auburn. This has been another edition of the Locked On Auburn Podcast. It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.